Pele leaned in and said something to Freddie. Don't let them change you. Keep working on what makes you different and what makes you special. It was great advice, but it caused me some problems. But what could change Freddie do? Soccer is going to explode and it's going to be around this kid. We were the Beatles. Everywhere we went, it was the Freddie show. And with that came the expectation and with that came the pressure. New episodes of American Prodigy dropped Tuesdays from Blue Wire Podcasts. Blue Wire. Three on the way! Yes! Paul George nails it! For the win! All right, Dunks and Discourse, episode 61, the Dame, Ma- Dame Making It Rain edition. Uh, Jabari, how you doing, man? Not bad, not bad. I, I put that one in there specifically because do you do you remember which game that was when he said put some respect on my name? Was it was it the uh, was it the Rockets game? No, it was against the Mavs. Oh, it was it against the Mavs? Okay, yeah, yeah. no, I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, but but Dame, in fact, has had many moments where he has wanted some respect. Uh, there, there have been no, there have been no shortage of moments where Dame's chip was uh, was talked about. That's for sure. Um, you know, I, Harden is is where I want to start, and I like. This is the thing when you wait three days to talk about it. Like my steam has come down a bit. And maybe that's good. Yes. But like, I legit like. How do you not hate this guy right now? How how do you not hate James Harden right now? So here's the thing. I saw a lot of people, and you were one of them, in fact, I think. And if you weren't, you can, you can correct me. Like, bringing up, like, oh, like, this is what happens when you support player empowerment. No, it isn't. No, this is a guy being an asshole at work. This is not what, you know, folks are in support of. Like, it's one thing to put it out there that you want to get moved. Well, which, you know, to be honest with you, we've already had the conversation. We agree, you know, three, you know, with three or four years left on your deal, that's too early. Um, and, and I do believe that they'll address it, but it's a whole other thing to slap your teammates and your, you know, your employers in the face by being in Vegas when you're supposed to be at camp. That, I, I won't lie to you, like, people can say that we're, we're putting extras on it. That is one of the more egregious things I've ever seen. <laughs> like, like, it's Cedric Sabalos taking a, you know, taking a break off in the middle of the season to go to Havasu type levels. Yeah, there's like it's more. It's it's just it's it's more. And like I was one of those people saying it, but like I'm saying it in a different context. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that like player empowerment isn't important. It is important, but like I'm saying that you aren't a hero for typing player empowerment on the internet. You are not correct because every time a player does something, you defend him. Um, you know, at all costs. Like this, this is the negligence of people not realizing that player empowerment has largely become star empowerment. So like I'm I'm the sentiment of players should have more choice and freedom, you know, to, to do the to live their career the way they want to live it, I agree with. Mm-hmm. But has that actually have we actually made strides the strides that people think we've made, um I I don't I don't think so. I, I think we've gotten actually further away the last couple of years where like everybody else is just kind of chopped liver and the top 10, 15 guys are, you know, kind of in a position to create a reign of terror. I absolutely wholeheartedly agree. And that's it's a rarity where usually when I say I wholeheartedly, it's because I'm disagreeing with you. I just, I 100% agree. I, it, 
I can be in support of players having agency. I can be in support of players having the ability to, you know, kind of you know make their own decisions when it comes to their career, or at least more of an ability to. But I don't have to. I don't have to cater for this. And I've, you know, I saw some folks that you know that were, and then you know, and here's the thing: it's nothing personal. James Harden is still going to be one of the best players in the world. He's still, you know, whenever he gets back to it, he's you know, whatever whichever team he plays for, he's still going to be great. But I don't, you know, you know, you don't have to necessarily always be in support of all of the moves that you know these folks do and this is one of them where like quite frankly it's just a bush league move yeah and this is the thing too man like no one's really talking about like eric gordon re-ups with them right or like whoever Mm -hmm. pj tucker is making that decision whatever whoever decides to go to the rockets is like hey we're building a team around like james and russ and we're going to be competing for championships and then russ is like no i can't play with james anymore i want out um, mm-hmm. And James is like, actually, I want out too. And it's like, again, this this isn't benefiting the players. It's just benefiting the stars. You can push all that weight. And now we're like, I don't know, like Sam Esfandiari was debating back and forth that this was like better than the Harden or better than the Anthony Davis situation because at least he did it in the off season. I can't vibe with that. This is worse, no. man. Because like, yeah. the difference is like, Anth- and again, like if you listen to the show, you know I hated how all of that went down with Anthony Davis. Mm-hmm. But like, the Rockets did give James Harden a contending team. Like, he did have a chance to win championships. Mm -hmm. They also gave him a lot of say in how things were going. And they've now, you know, he's now been with three other Hall of Famers. Not just all... People are like, he's had three All-Stars, you know, bounce and not really be happy with him. He's had three Hall of Famers in Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, and Dwight Howard all leave and say, hey, James, I don't want to play with you. Like, it's it's not the same situation with Davis. Like, he, he, he made... He made... He stirred this drink... He had his cake, and now he's like, "Nah, I don't, I don't actually want to eat this anymore." And it's bad. It's a bad look. Yeah, I'll, I'll be straight up, and you know, I mean, no disrespect. All due respect, you know, Mark Jackson style. It's a disingenuous conversation to act like, "Oh, what Anthony Davis did was worse." I don't care. Look, you, if you want to say suck, speaking, so if you want, exactly, if you want to say, "Hey, what he did sucked," that's fine. But like, don't put extras on it. Don't put dubs on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> don't 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 go extra. You know, don't be so extra out to you know to where you know you're literally just trying to you know uh, make a false equivalence because this 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 is uglier. This is much uglier, and I'm not going to lie to you. I'm I, I, look. I made the point on the timeline, and the reality is, any coach is hired to be fired. I recognize that, but it does kind of frustrate me when I see a you know a first time head coach after being in the you know working his way up twenty years as an assistant have to deal with this nonsense. Like it just yeah. bothers me. Silas is getting a bad deal. Like that's 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 a rough. You're like, oh, I got I got two Hall of Famers. I got a team that can very much swing for it. I'm excited. Nah, and like again, I heard some things. Like I heard there was. Uh, I'm not reporting. I don't aggregate me, but like I heard some stuff that there was a phone call and he was not treated very respectfully by one of his stars and like it, it just sounds like it is a very crappy start to a to a new job for Mr. Silas so um, mm. I, I got some empathy for him there yeah, people aren't talking about Russ because Harden is taking the spotlight and it's so much more ridiculous like literally being in Vegas partying instead of com- coming in for a workout <laughs> is quite a statement but like I will say on Russ's it was kind of like it's the Kyrie situation where like you got traded somewhere. You didn't choose to go there. Mm-hmm. So I don't really hate a guy privately being like, hey, I, I would rather move on. And given the history with Harden, 
I mean, like, again, we talked about, like, they were good buddies. And he was still like, I would love to get the hell out of here. And I know that I have zero market value. So I will literally go anywhere else. And, like, we didn't hear where Westbrook's ideal destinations were. They were just like, this is where you're going. And he didn't. I didn't hear one peep about him complaining. He's just like, I just want to get the hell away from James. He looked, pretty, is, damn ha- he looked pretty damn happy at that media day. I mean, like, I would just, like... <sighs> It's gross, and I've talked about how it's gross how people root for people to fail. And so I'm a hypocrite, I guess, because I'm kind of feeling like this bizarre vindication being right about Harden. But, like, my God, like, I've just taken so much crap over the years for saying, like, he's not a leader. He's not a guy that you can win around playing with. Like, I I threw plenty of stones at Kobe, and I was like, man, Kobe told you. Kobe's like, I tried. This doesn't work. And he's still like, nah. And, And to think now, like, the Russ situation, like Russ's buddy wants to bounce, doesn't give any destination, he's just gone. But like now we got Daryl Morey, who Daryl Morey was telling us he's better than Kevin Durant. He's better than Michael Jordan. He's going to be the greatest shooting guard of all time when he's done. He's the greatest offensive player ever to play basketball. And they're like, oh, hey, Daryl Morey, um, hey, do you want James Harden? We'll take <laughs> that guy, Ben Simmons, who's literally allergic to shooting. And he's like, ah, the greatest offensive player of all time who I know and I've worked with or the guy who doesn't want to shoot a basketball. You know, man, I think I'm good. Like, how how many more examples do we need of, like, the character leadership all-around makeup that Harden is just – it's tough. It's tough, man. Look, I'm not even going to mince words. What we just saw last weekend, that was all I needed. Like and you know, I've I've kind of vacillated on it. I I, I I I want to support him. I you know, I appreciate that he is one of the better scorers that we've you know this game has seen. Regardless of whether I love, you know, the the, the way he you know he does it, he is. Or at least over the last, you know, twenty five years or so. Um, but you know, the, the reality is this unless James Harden wants to be a team guy, it's not going to happen. Like the, you know, it, it's like one of those things where he's even he criticized the culture and called you know he called the Rockets if I'm not mistaken according to reports you know the Knicks of the South and it's like yo man you were a big part of that like they centered everything around you they moved they they pushed and pulled and moved players around to your whims to work around your game and while I'm not saying everything there is his fault because Tillman Fertitta has you know, certainly can raise his little hand and, and and take some of this blame. Um and I also you, you know how I felt about Daryl Morey. I, I think he's excellent at you know at some of the aspects of the job and but not necessarily at figuring out, you know, how to actually work with you know with players you know you know uh, from a personality standpoint. Um, you know, so it's not all James Harden's fault, but like, let's keep it real. Like you are the same, you, you, it, everyone else is gone and you're still there and you're still having problems. They, well, you're at least a big part of the problem. And they, you know what, like, this is going to be an unpopular take. And like, again, I, I think you reach a point with wealth where like, if you have a certain amount of wealth, you're evil. And like, that's just like a personal mm. belief. And it's easy to point at billionaires and be like, you are the bad guy. You are the problem with this franchise. And, like, they did it with Dan Gilbert. And I'm like, man, like, Dan Gilbert also was paying a pretty stiff luxury tax bill and was doing everything he could to give those Cleveland teams a title chance. Like, you can hate him. not saying you can't hate him. You can, you can definitely list some flaws. You can. But as an NBA owner, currently his team is doing quite well and he's footing, you know, one of the biggest bills in the league. There's only so far the criticism can go. And, like, with Tillman Fertitta, like, there's all these talks about him being cheap and, like, he's going to run this franchise into the ground. But, like, allegedly, Harden preferred Wall to Westbrook. 
Um, that was something that got leaked. You know, and, and there's all this, Tillman's not going to pay money. Tillman just spent $130 million on a, on a John Wall mystery box. He went out and he signed Christian Wood. He went out and he brought up Boogie. Like, it doesn't seem like the Rockets are sitting on their hands dumping guys hoping to avoid the tax. So, Oh, wait. Oh, oh wait. Hold on. Uh, just because you make moves and do things doesn't mean they're good decisions. I, no, no, no. When I say no, he's they, part of the blame, when I say he's part of the blame, I'm not saying it's because, like, the, the rumors about him being cheap are true. I'm saying he absolutely... In, you know, emboldened James Harden and 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 was a part of all of that. I'm just I'm just saying like you can't like people want to deflect to Fertitta as like a reason that Harden is in this situation. Oh no, I'm, no. I'm just saying like again he can be a crappy guy. He might be cheap. You might not like him, but his moves this offseason don't speak to an owner that's trying to you know save every single dollar and you know uh, make make financially smart moves. Like that that's not what their offseason looks like. So I, I, I agree. I'm with having a hard time, like, with people still, you know, blaming him. Like, oh, they don't want to win. Like, it, the moves they made this offseason, like spending that much money on John Wall and bringing in Boogie, two guys who haven't played, but like hoping they have a high ceiling. That looks like they want to win, man. Mm, I, it, it could go either way. Um, I, yeah, I, I, I look at it like I just don't think those are good moves. But I hope I'm wrong because you know I want Boogie to play well. You know I want John Wall to. They might not, and, but again, they might not be good moves. But they don't like you don't go get yes. John Wall if you're trying to cut 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 the bills. Like that's, yeah, that, that I agree on. But I will also yeah. say I still I still feel the same way about Dan Gilbert, regardless of whether he. I mean, of course, you get LeBron to come back after you, after your team was absolute garbage during the time when he was gone. You're going to do whatever he ta- whatever he says. So of course, so I'm not going to give him. Extra credit for that but yes yeah he, again he, like it, he it's not speak. even it's, it's not even credit it's just like it's just the reality feel however you want to feel yes. his team his team was contending he was footing a large bill yes like, he had lebron the, the yes. Cavs had the biggest payroll in the nba so you know it, it is what i'm just saying like it's easy to point at the owner and be like it's their fault like you know sometimes it's the star's fault too like, i agree that's what i'm yeah. saying like i think james harden is most to blame here but i think those other guys also you know partook you know participated in it there was okay. So the other angle of this is like, of course, like Twitter wants to trade James Harden. We're doing all the trade ideas. Of course. Okay. There was a couple conversations. Like I know you and I talked about it. Like I, some people were quite indignant on things, and um, there is no disagreement from either of us. We've talked about this that James Harden is still top six, seven player in the NBA. Absolutely. Like from a t- talent perspective, he's there. Mm-hmm. But like all of these trade offers. Like, if, if he's willing to be at a strip club rather than be with his team, you cannot trade, you know, two or three of, of your core pieces for a guy who might do that to you. Like, I just think, like, when these trade offers, like, people are getting all upset, like, oh, if you don't think James Harden's worth that, you're an idiot. It's not really, is he worth that? It's, is his mind in a place where he's going to accept this role on this team? Like, talent-wise, I know he's worth it. But, like, there are a lot of other factors here in trading for James Harden. And as of right now, we've only heard Philadelphia and Brooklyn. So if a team like Boston or Denver broke the bank and traded guys like Jalen Brown and Jamal Murray and James Harden said, nah, then then where are you at? Because he's apparently willing to fight right now. So I, I just – that needs to be strongly considered when these trades are going down, these trade ideas. That I definitely agree with, and it's funny because you know there was a there was a bit of a back and forth today. I think you may have um, kicked it off even 
uh, you know, with the question on whether, you know, if you're Pat Riley, you know, you're going to trade Jimmy Butler as a principal part of a trade, you know, for James Harden. And the funny thing is, is like people got all, you know, got all pressed about it and defensive. And it's like, oh, how are you saying, are, are you saying that, you know, uh, Harden's not, you know, not better than Jimmy as an individual player? No, we're not saying that. We, you know, we actually just stated he's a top, you know, six or seven guy. Uh, but the truth of the matter is, I do not think that Pat Riley would make that deal specifically because Honestly, James Harden is like the antithesis like of what they've had and what they've built around from a cultural perspective, you know, from a culture perspective. And Jimmy Butler not only embodies it, he is that. He is heat culture. So like to me, while yes, on paper, you look at one player and it's like, well, of course you do that deal. You can't make deals of that size, kind of like what you just alluded to, especially with 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 the unknown of like, well, what's he going to be like, especially in South Beach to begin with. But what's he going to be with? You can't make deals of that nature on on a whim and 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 take that risk, especially in my opinion, if you're Pat Riley. Now I could be wrong. You know, we could wake up tomorrow after you. We could finish potting just like last week, and yeah. we could and we could find out about the deal. But I just do not believe that a guy like Pat Riley, particularly for Jimmy, is you know would make. A deal like that yeah and like i mean that's one of, one of those tweets where i was like there's like he wouldn't do it right and i'm just thinking out loud and then people were so mad at me They're like oh this guy an idiot like and they're and it's both sides like is he an idiot of course riley wouldn't do that is he an idiot obviously riley would do that i'm like yeah. do you guys see yourselves tweeting side by side to this <laughs> like i like i don't think that pat riley would do it and for all the reasons you stated and i think um pat riley really hates like that diva do your own thing and I like if you don't remember it, like I mean, I know you do, but if you as a as a listener, Shaq and Riley fighting mm-hmm. about his weight, man, and like his intensity and his commitment to the team, you know, in the offseason, all these things, like all of those fights would just he would relive it with James Harden. I don't think that Pat Riley wants any of that. I don't. But yeah, again, it was it was interesting because like to be honest, Harden is clearly a better player than Jimmy Butler. Yeah. But I mean, is. Is he, though, if, you know, you have to coach him into trying and being engaged and I don't know. So, yeah, I don't, I don't think the Heat would do it. I don't, I don't, yeah. Yeah, we're, I don't even think we're in agreement there. So I also need to circle back and acknowledge. So w- initially there was a tweet of, like last week where people were saying, like, it's going to be really difficult to trade Harden. And I'd be a buck back at it and say, like, not really. If they want to trade him, they can. Well, that was before I saw him hanging out in Vegas and you know doing doing his thing, for all you know for you know for a lot of reasons. But on top of you know in particular what we've kind of been discussing because of the uncertainty, because of you because you don't know what mindset he's going to be in. Yeah, I acknowledge it will be more it will be significantly more dif- you know uh, more difficult to you know to find a you know a willing partner. So I think like it, I think it was Tim McMahon and Zach Lowe were talking about like if he doesn't go, what could actually happen? Like if he doesn't actually show up, he he starts mm-hmm. to like essentially hold up. Well, yeah, they could find him a lot of money, but he's sitting on the bag of bags. So then I looked, and it looks like, I don't know what this, the amount of time is, but if he misses a significant amount of time, the team could file a grievance and essentially say, like, his year of service wasn't met. Mm-hmm. Um, and they just bump his contract a year. So, like, I mean, as, as much as he's going to, like, looks like he's going to dig his heels in here, does he, does he want to not play basketball and potentially have his contract bump further down the road. Like, I, he will cave. Like, I, I mean, he'll have to cave. It's just, like, if he comes to practice, if, it, if the guy doesn't want to be there and he's not giving his all and his teammates are feeling that, then, like, at that point you're the Rockets. Like, well, how, how much toxicity are you willing to cope through 
in the hopes of waiting out, you know, your leverage deficiency to find a better deal versus like this guy clearly doesn't want to be here and it's affecting everyone on the roster. We got to get rid of him. And that's, that is the tough call. Like that is the, the situation facing them the next couple months. Part of me feels like cooler heads prevail. And by cooler heads, I mean, he just, you know, decides, okay, fine. Uh, and then once he's done with the, you know, however long the, you know, the quarantine uh, requirement is, he'll be, he'll be in the mix. And honestly, if, if so, this is what's going to take place. This, this is this is my prediction. This is my you know hot take, if you will. Um, he's gonna be he's gonna return to the mix. Everybody's going to you know you know you know kiss and act you know the, you you know, present to the cameras like oh hey you know we had a you know change of heart. We talked about things, and they will continue to actively look to move him. That that that's what I honestly think is going to happen. I think he's moved this year. I I do too. I I but I think they get. I don't think it'll be the Nets or the Sixers. I think there'll be some other team that steps up and presents an offer where he feels like, eh, I guess I could compete there and it's not here. Who's your and dark horse? Cause I have one. I hate to sit. Yeah. You go first. Oh, okay. Um, I think it could be either golden state. I know that sounds crazy, but I think I, I could see a situation where gold, it winds up being golden state or the Clippers. Yeah. I mean, the team that I keep looking at is Minnesota. Ooh. And, um, like, I know that D'Lo and Cat have that relationship, but, like, they have five shooting guards they could stand to lose to. Mm -hmm. And I think if they call with, like, D'Lo, and I'm not sure who the salary would be with, and Ant Edwards, um, I think they have a package to do that. And I I honestly think Rubio, Cat, Beasley, Harden, that's actually a pretty solid core. So That would be. Honestly, if those guys came, you know, you wanted to play together and, and and wound up playing, you know, playing together, that could be a good team. Minnesota feels like the team, and I mean, there would have to be a lot of conversations had, like Minnesota talking to Cat, Houston talking about with Harden about going there, Cat and Harden maybe. Like, there's a lot of calls that have to go, but I keep looking at that team and I'm like, they probably could do it if they wanted to do it. Um, so yeah, I don't know, and I, I and if they want to do it, they should do it before Anthony Edwards plays some basketball. Because agreed. One yeah. way or another, like yeah. like don't don't let your fans fall in love with him, and don't let them be, you know don't let him get exposed. And I'm not yeah. saying I'm not saying that I'm anticipating that. I'm saying one way or the other. By the way, shout out to our guy, the Blunt Doctor. He's a good guy. I had the same conversation with him the other day about the Wolves. Uh, no, about uh potential uh, potential Harden landing spots. Oh, my man, okay. My man's got money on it. <laughs> bet online. Um, he, he is betonline.ag. Um, I got. Let, let's couple different Kyrie notes, and then we'll uh, we'll have a little break, and then we'll talk the top five Christmas movies, which right. we pulled. And thanks to like the couple hundred people who filled that up. Um, so there's two two kind of Kyrie stories this week, right? Kyrie sent out a memo talking about how he was uh, gonna like. You know, I'm not even gonna read his memo. I'm not gonna do it because mm-hmm. he's gonna live his truth, and he's gonna start this year and worry about him, and he's not gonna let the media talk for him. He's gonna talk for himself. So he sent out this memo. It stirred up one hell of a hornet's nest. Um, the inferred meaning, I think, was that he wasn't going to do media availability this year. The media rightfully got their backs up. Whether that was his original idea and then the team talked to him and they were like, this isn't going to happen, or if it wasn't his original idea, he clarified that that wasn't the case. He just wanted to put out that statement. So I think, you know, for all of the things that we could say, it was mostly a false alarm. 
Yeah, I mean, like, I'm going to be real with you. When I saw the story, I said, whatever, man. Like, and this is, I, like, I, I I, do not hate Kyrie Irving. I want him to come back healthy, and I want the Nets to be a viable t- a viable threat out, you know, out in the Eastern Conference this year. But I don't, you know, I, I don't have time for it. You know, like, if, if he doesn't want to talk, if he doesn't want to speak to the media, I actually don't think it's a problem. Like, whatever. Like, who cares? Because ultimately, like, I actually saw, I saw the thought, like, he because like, basically he's in a situation where it's like if I say anything I'm gonna get yelled at if I don't say anything I'm gonna get yelled at so I may as well just do it you know do it on my terms and well, whether and, you love whether you love it or not like I don't have a problem with that because I don't really look to you know I don't really look for him to you know tell me anything crazy. There's a couple things here though, man. Like yes, like I would love for all players to be like, hey, there's a rumor about Kyrie and this, and instead of letting it circulate and being mad at people for letting it circulate, use your platform with millions of followers and be like, hey. My official statement is that shit's not true. You know, like, this is actually what happened. Like, why not clear the air? You can all do that at any time. Like, you all have bigger platforms than most of the media companies that are even, you know, uh, reporting on you anyway. But here's the thing, man. I feel like I'm in the twilight zone. Like, kids talk about <laughs> galaxy brain. The, the, the stuff about Kyrie makes me want to go through a wall. And, like, people who I'm close with, I have relationships with, like, we're almost at the point where, like, they wanted to block me because I was, like... Just trying to explain, like, why from the media perspective that this is significant. Like, it is in his contract. He does it, like, just in the event that he was going to hold out from any media conversations here. Yeah. And I'm just, like, so calmly trying to be, like, it is an issue. And I can see why some of these guys are mad who cover the team on a daily basis. And, like, you know, media doesn't like to be referred to as media when they're all individual people. And and I'm, yeah. like, again, Woj did Kyrie dirty. That Disruptor article was not yep. cool. Like... Like, I'm not arguing that. Kyrie has at times 1,000% been treated poorly by members of the media and by people on Twitter running with parts of a story where I don't think the intent Mm -hmm. was. But, like, at the same time, like, Kyrie has said some absolute bloody gibberish. He's, you know, been a hypocrite with some of the things he said. Like, I just, both can, it's one, it's a typical both things can be true. And I don't Mm -hmm. know where this, like, he became like Kyrie has become like a you're a conservative if you don't like Kyrie Irving now. And I'm like, how did what what happened? Like, how are we here? Well, because uh, like truth of the matter is there there are folks that will dig in no matter what. But also kind of what you you know, kind of what you you just get you just kind of broke down. There, while yes, he says crazy stuff, and I, you know, like, I, I don't really get up in arms about it. But you know, in the past, it has you know caused you know you know caused a a bit of a kerfuffle. The truth is, like, there there are folks that have done them dirty, and if, they, and if, they, if you're and if yes. you're an individual, and if you're an individual that already feels like, hey, they're out to get me, they're out to get me, and you get some actual confirmation, okay, yeah, this person very much looks like he's out to get me, and this person, these aggregators, they very much look like they're they're out to you know paint me in the most negative light. That's the real reason why I didn't have an issue. You know, I I really didn't care, but you know, ultimately, he's gonna talk. Like you know, like you know, this is all for naught. He's going. I'm not talking about this conversation, but I mean, like all of the all of the hubbub, of, you know, surrounding it. It's all for naught. He's going to talk. He's going to say crazy stuff. He's it's probably going to upset some folks, and it is sure. what it is. It's just, it's just like he does say some. He does say some weirdo shit. He's a bit of a weirdo, man. And that's like, cool. Yeah. And, and like, and that's fun. Like, and again, he has been done dirty a couple times. But like this idea that like no one can criticize him now is nuts. Like this is a guy who talked about like living on a off the grid. Um, situation and possessions aren't real in this world and all this stuff 
like right after he cashed in a $200 million shoe deal. This is a guy who said he only wanted to play basketball as he was filming a movie. Like, he's just he's just a bit full of it, man, and it's fair to call him on that stuff. He's and a so contradictory just, individual, 100%, and there's nothing wrong with saying And I don't hate him either. I find him, like, very interesting. Like, his weirdness is interesting. When mm-hmm. Kyrie's name pops up on the timeline, I'm always curious what, he, what has been said or what's going on. It, it's just like... I, I, people are so stupid. Like we live in the stupidest era, where like they think there's a morally there's a not a moral high ground on everything all the time. Sometimes both things are true. Like he's been done dirty and he is weird. It is it is what it is. Absolutely. Um, let's take a break. A word from our friends. Football is back full swing. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team player and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BlueWire at betonline.ag. That's BlueWire, all one word. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. Work productivity in this economy? Yep, 2020 has already reshaped how we work. Thankfully, it's almost over, although the worst may be yet to come. Businesses across the globe are challenged to be their most efficient, which means every hire is critical. Indeed is here to help. Indeed is the number one job site in the world, with more total business than any other job site, according to Comscore. Indeed helps you find quality candidates quickly so it can focus on hiring the person you need to keep your business going. By the way, hello guys, quality candidate here. Anyway, unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. And now, Indeed's new way of matching you with candidates instantly delivers a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job criteria that you can contact the moment you sponsor a job. That makes Indeed the only job site that can move as fast as you do. Right now, Indeed is offering limited upside listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job posts. That means more quality candidates will see it fast including maybe me. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Offer valid through December 31st. Terms and conditions apply. All right, so the other thing I want to talk about like right before we go to the movies was uh, LeBron was on the road trip and pod talking to Richard Jefferson. Mm-hmm. And he got back around to the Kyrie Irving quote about, you know, like now that Kyrie's playing with Durant, he finally has a guy he trusts to make a shot in a tight game situation, <laughs> um, which was, was was an immense amount of shade that was undoubtedly intentional. Mm-hmm. Um, I, like, I, I can't believe people think they're still friends. They're not friends. Man. No. Like, they're, they're not boys. Um, LeBron said on, on the road trip and pod that basically like that kind of hurt him, which is fair. Then he said, like, all he ever cared about was, like, Kyrie's well-being and, like, Kyrie winning an MVP, which I think is, like, half fair. I, I do think LeBron didn't really have any... 
I don't think he had it out for Kyrie. I don't think he disliked him from the jump. I don't think. I do think he wanted to to get the best out of Kyrie and have a one-two thing with him. Um, do I think that the only thing he cared about was Kyrie's well-being? No, of course not. But like, I think LeBron's comment was pretty genuine. Like, yeah, that hurt, yeah, and I, I wish it didn't go this way. And I never really had it out for. I think that I, that is very much the vibe I've always had. Do I think LeBron wanted Kyrie to win MVP? Probably not. But do I think he wanted the best for him in particular? You know, like you know, for the Cavs? Yeah, of course. Um, I, I you look, I, I think LeBron's being genuine in, in the fact that it hurt him because he yeah. I, because regardless of, regardless of whether it was a big brother little brother situation, he looked at it that way. Uh, but for obvious, you know, for, well, for the reasons that Kyrie has made obvious, he didn't like being sunned, and you know that that simply you know that simply <laughs> wasn't one that wasn't a situation that that was you know that was long term. It's unfortunate because. You know, they, they were two great players, and it would have been nice to see you know what their careers or what each of their careers might have looked like had they stuck you know stuck around and 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 at least played another few years together. But you know, it is what it is. Yeah, and like so, here's the thing too, man. Um, like I feel, and again, I don't know, I wasn't there, but there's been some really great reporting on those Cleveland years, <laughs> and I I feel as if Kyrie Irving blames LeBron for a lot of how the league is covered and runs and like some of the things that he was upset about like LeBron having family and friends like working for the organization and he felt Mm -hmm. like the Cavs threw LeBron you know more of a bone than he got thrown maybe and um, you know like I'm not saying that's fair but like look at what's going on with Kawhi look at what's going on with Harden like that's Mm -hmm. that star culture again and like LeBron is LeBron James. Well, so, like, again, is it LeBron's fault that he went to Dan and Dan's, like, I'll hire whoever, and Kyrie doesn't have that same arrangement? Like, is that LeBron's fault or is that Dan's fault? You know, like, I feel like that kind of got thrown his way. The comment, the infamous, like, is LeBron, like, a father to you or whatever mm-hmm. comment, which was so foul. Um, <laughs> like, okay, I hope that that, that – I, I can see a place where a media member was, like, trying to talk about the age gap and, like, LeBron learning without realizing – how absolutely insulting that was! Like, I don't, I don't actually know who the media member was who made that, so I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. But like, you can see how that like looked just so foul to Kyrie. Again, that's not LeBron's fault that a person, you know, mentioned that. Like, it just, it just, it feels like there's a lot of things that like rub, kind of position them against each other unintentionally. Yeah, and not only that, I, I was gonna just to add to it, you you add the fact that LeBron leaves, he vacates. Cleveland is Kyrie's. They suck, but that you know that that's his town. Everybody loves him. Everybody's giving him love. And, you know, you know, uh, you know, he's doing the you know the movie stuff and all of that, right? Or the TV, the, the commercials at that point and all of that stuff, right? With you know with the character. All of a sudden, LeBron comes back and it's like, yeah, okay, thanks, Kyrie. <laughs> like, I'm not saying they, I'm not saying that it's that's the reality. But that's how it, you know, like when LeBron comes back and then he, you know, like, you know, and all of a sudden you're great. You know, they, you know they, they pull, you know, they they pull some strings. They, you know, they bring in Kevin Love, and all of a sudden, you go from being a lottery team that he was accustomed to playing for. He was accustomed to being the, you know, the, you know, the, the 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 big star in a small town type situation, until all of a sudden, it's like, okay, now you're the sidekick. Not just now, you know, you you, know, you have another great guy. Now you're his sidekick. So I'm not justifying his, fe- you know, like I'm not justifying it, but I genuinely understand why it, it you know, why it went south there, especially yeah. when, especially knowing his personality. And you're not wrong. And like you look at like Scottie Pippen talking the other day about like Jordan and how he's still frustrated with um, 
you know, he didn't, like, have the last dance portrayed. And I honestly felt like Jordan's kind of nice to Pippin, had a couple genuine moments, like, mm-hmm. you know. But, you know, Pippin still doesn't really like that he isn't celebrated anywhere near as much as Jordan. And, like, some guys, like, if you're competitive, it'll rub you the wrong way. I don't even really hate that about Kyrie. That's one of the things I probably like about him most. But, mm-hmm. yeah, you're not wrong. Um, let's do this Let's do this Christmas movies breakdown. So, we asked people, pick your five favorite Christmas movies. Um... I know you're going to have Die Hard somewhere on your list. You already know. But, like, I just I cannot wrap my head. Like, if we were doing our top five action movies, Die Hard would probably be in there for me. But I'm going to leave Die Hard off because I just I I can't I can't put it as a Christmas movie, man. <laughs> um, but let's do it how we used to do it when we did a lot of these movie lists a couple months ago before right. the NBA season kicked back. Um, I'll give kind of, like, the honorable mention for the listeners. You can give me your honorable mention. I'll go my honorable mention. Then we'll go listeners five, your five, my five. We'll, we'll go through. So, um, the the listener's honorable mention is National Lampoon's uh, Christmas Vacation Winter Holiday. Holy sh- Okay. That's my honorable mention as well. Is it? Okay, there you go. Yeah, I, like, no, no joke. I, I loved that movie coming up. It's 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 craptastic, you know what I'm saying? But it's National Lampoon's. Anybody that's familiar with that series, like, you, you know what you're getting into. But it's, it's still hilarious to me. I never really loved those movies, man. They just never, like, Whoa. Chevy Chase and Community killed me Chevy Chase mm-hmm. and vacation movies and like I don't know I just didn't watch them they weren't part of my family nostalgia maybe they just didn't hit for me I understand well I mean let, let's also be real like if, if you didn't grow up on Chevy Chase you know what I'm saying like from Saturday Night Live and in on and in on those movies wouldn't resonate with you I totally get that yeah like I think I think maybe that's part of it for me as well um mine is die hard like I like I like it. I I had it in a five, I moved it out. I'm like, oh, it's like one of the best movies here, but at the same time, mm-hmm. um, yeah, but no. Just out of principle, you wouldn't put it in there. That's okay. Yeah, I had, I had to stick to my guns, man. I had to stick to my guns. That's all um, good. I got it. The, the listener number five is Die Hard. So there you nice, go. Nice, nice. Uh, <laughs> I think you, I think you know it. I think you know it's coming up for me, so I don't have to. I don't have to go into Die Hard. But yeah, no, Scrooged, um, and and. Obviously, without with with any of these movie lists, oftentimes it's like a you know like it, it can be a generational thing. So I grew up on eighties and nineties you know like you know uh, Christmas movies. So Scrooge, the Bill Murray classic, that's that's definitely my top five. That's that, that's my my number five. Yeah, and have it, you it, seen it, that movie? I have seen it, but yeah, it's not again. It's not even close for me. But again, I, I think yeah, Christmas. We know like for for me especially like the nostalgia and how when you see the movie matters, but like. Christmas really matters, man, because it's part of like family traditions, and it's maybe a yearly thing, and um, yeah, so it, it it doesn't make it there for me. That's My number five is Bad Santa, which I talked a little bit about like last it. summer. It it just slays me, man. There's very few movies that I laugh almost as hard every single time. That movie is just hysterical. It is not the most like Christmassy spirity movie of all the ones I have on my list here, but it it is number five. I I mean, the fiance and I watched it like three years in a row now, and we both howl every time. It's coming up for me, so yeah, for the same reasons. Um, the listener number four was Home Alone two. Really, really, really. See, I, I'm not gonna lie to you. I, and maybe I need to go back and watch it, but I always felt like Home Alone 2 sucked. Like, I love Home Alone, and it's coming up for me as well. Uh, and, 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 you know, look, again, 1990, I was, you know, 11 years old, so it makes sense. Uh, but when, by the time they got around to Home Alone 2, and I'm not just, you know, being revisionist because it has, you know, your boy in there. <laughs> like, I, I just didn't think it was great. My boy, yeesh. Uh, uh, that, like, honestly, 
I'll talk about it because I have it on my list. I'll wait a second. I got you. Um, what's what's your number four? Home Alone. Oh, it's it is a, Home Alone. Okay, it, it, it's a classic. It's 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 the like you know how like this generation or like your generation maybe for instance like you like you're like oh man Elf one hundred percent that might be coming up for you and I'm sure it's coming up on the on the <laughs> listeners list. For me, it's Home Alone. Um, you, you know what? Like I love Home Alone and I love Elf, but I like Home Alone two more than Home Alone, which is interesting. Interesting. Like, I, I thought, one, the pigeon lady thing was, like, she <laughs> legit scared me. I liked the up and down. Mm-hmm. And I I still think, like, the funniest movie of any of the Home Alone movies is when uh, they're they're under the apartment building. And he, Marv's going, Harry, and the brick's coming. Harry. <laughs> and, like, the, that, uh-huh. that scene is just, it kills me. It's one of my five favorite funniest scenes ever. But, actually, my number four is Elf. Nice. Um, okay. Swirly Whirly Gumdrops, man. Elf was just a classic. It, it, like, had no right to be... Like, Will Ferrell plays the same character in every movie. He's mm-hmm. always dumb. and He's like sometimes, <laughs> Yes. Sometimes you watch it and you're just like... Like, I don't know, Blades of Glory. Some of the ones he's done, you're, it's just mm. brutal and it just doesn't hit. But, mm. like, Elf just hit, man. Like, it was just enough crude funny while also just being, like, Christmas funny. Elf is great. Okay. So I've got a confession. You know what the confession is. You've never seen Elf. No, no, no. Oh. I've only seen it one time, and it was way back in the day. How long ago did that movie come out? I feel like it was at least 15 years. Am I, am I off, or is it? I'll have to look it up, although my internet. Oh, oh um, two, oh, oh, three. That makes sense. That makes sense. I was still in college because I watched it with my stoner friends, and I was <laughs> like, what the hell is this? Okay, I mean, I guess. So I do, honestly, need to go back and watch it because I've never seen it since that first night. Oh, yeah. Elf, Elf is great, man. Elf is a great movie. Um, listener number three is The Grinch. Uh, the Grinch Who Stole Christmas, the 2000 movie with Jim Carrey. Okay. Yeah, I get it. Especially because of the you know, the age of a lot of our listeners, a lot of the listeners, or Twitter users in particular. Totally. And, and that's not actually shade. Uh, it, it's an entertaining movie. Um, I was I was kind of out on you know Jim Carrey movies at that time during that period or at least you know like the sillier ones, uh, but you know I get it I totally get it. Jim Carrey's underrated. Um, it's coming up for me too. He is. Uh, three for me is Bad Santa for all of those same reasons. That cast is ooh I almost cussed, but you know we can do that on our show. But it's absolutely phenomenal. Um, I love Billy Bob in that role. I love you know Tony Cox in that role. Like you know, like I mentioned you know last week, I think it was when we were you know when we mentioned or when we uh, previewed this. You know, the entire cast absolutely hilarious and and fantastic, and it will always be on my top five list. Yeah, even though we talked about how Bad Santa Two wasn't very good, I would watch Bad Santa Three. I'm oh. I will. Yeah, yeah, no problem. If it if it comes out, I would watch Bad Santa Three. Mm-hmm. Um, my number three is Home Alone Two. Again, okay. I think it's great. And people were saying, like, on the timeline, I'm like, you guys are getting this wrong. Home Alone 2 is better than Home Alone. People are like, oh, Trump's in it. I'm like, he's in it for, like, eight seconds. Yeah, no. Like, that, that's why I specify, like, that's not why I'm saying this. Like, do we have to hate him, like, that much that we just, like, veto Home Alone 2 retroactively? Home Alone 2 is so great, man. <laughs> like, the, the Angels with 30 Souls in the hotel is better, too. With, like, the concierge and everybody's on the floor. Come on, man! All right, Home I'm gonna Alone watch it this season. I'm gonna, I, I'm, I'm gonna, I, I'm, in, I'm actually in a holiday you know, mood. It's crazy because I'm not really like the most like you know, very clearly Die Hard is my favorite, you know, <laughs> my favorite Christmas movie. I'm not necessarily the most holiday spirited guy, but I'm in that, I'm in that mood right now. So I, I, I will get that one in as well. I found it, like sad moments, like melancholy moment is like I real the first year that when Christmas came and I wasn't 
really excited for it. Mm-hmm. It hit me how that was sad. Yeah. And I worried that I would never be excited for it again. But it seems to be touch and go. Like one year you're in a place. Mm-hmm. Like this year I am excited for it. I'm like I, I'm in a place where I'm like, oh, you know what? We yeah, can we- still enjoy movies at home. So let's let's enjoy that because it's we, one of the few things 2020 has left us. So We not uh, only need, we deserve this shit. Yeah. So I'm going to, I'm you know, I, I'm not doing any gatherings or anything like that. But in the place where I'm at, I'm going to celebrate. Um, number two for the audience was... Um, Oh, sorry, I'm looking at my list. Number two for the audience was Elf. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. that's fair. Elf, you. Number two for me is Trading Places. Uh, yeah. You better not say this isn't the Christmas movie because it absolutely is. People may not love it. It's old. It's like from 82 or 83, my childhood. Uh, but it's it's it remains hilarious. If you throw it on right now, those jokes still work. Yeah, it's, it's a good movie. I, I don't know what my dad's... Um, Thing was with Eddie Murphy, but he loved Eddie Murphy. So oh, because he because because he came he came of age in the eighties like me, yeah. <laughs> and, and because Eddie Murphy was the shit. And and like I like Beverly, like he loved Beverly Hills Cop. Absolutely. And like it didn't do that much for me, but like I did like Trading Places. Um, yeah, yeah I don't that's know. okay. It's <laughs> a bad bad confession, maybe. No, um, no. Yeah. Look, hey, not everybody's gonna like every movie. That's okay. Dif- different era, different come up, no doubt. Exactly. Uh, uh, my number two is How the Grinch Stole Christmas, man. I love Jim Carrey. I, I like. With I love Jim Carrey. He sells the hell of it, hell out of it. Like the overacting works so well. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like one of my first crushes ever was Little Cindy Lou Who, like when, <laughs> like pro- probably like her like or Topanga around the same time. Uh, I don't even know who the actress was. Cindy Lou Who, uh, oh, Topanga, okay, Tope- Topanga, and. Um, Hayden Panettiere, who was Yo's son uh, in Remember the Titans. I know exactly. So, again, this is such a... So, for me, I'm like, oh, because they were little girls when, when I was adult. But I got you. I hear you. I yeah. Again, <laughs> it was it was a level playing field. Yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> What's their number one? Uh, yeah. So, their number one is Home Alone. Okay. Yeah. I like it. I mean, for obvious reasons, you know, I, I can appreciate that. I mean, you know my number one. We, we already know. It's Die Hard. So for the folks out there that hate, like anybody that you know, brings this up, you can hate me. You know, if, if you love it when people you know, you'll say it's not a Christmas movie, you can love Josh. That's okay. Because it's the greatest. By far. The greatest Christmas movie of all time. It's such a great movie. And it's funny, too, because like two weeks ago, one of the kids in my class, he's like 11, he's telling me how like John Wick's the best movie ever, and he loves John Wick. <laughs> And I was like, how many action movies have you seen in your life, man? Like, mm-hmm. It's so funny, like, being a young guy, you're like, don't talk down to me because of my age. And like, see, look, you haven't seen any movies, man. You don't know nothing about movies. Exactly. I, I was trying to set him up. I was trying to set him up. Like, hey, you got to go watch Predator. You got to go watch Die Hard. You got to go watch mm-hmm. the movies, man. Lethal Weapon. I did. I love the Lethal Weapons. And the Lethal I, Weapons I, are fantastic. Yeah, they're great movies. Um, That's a Christmas movie, too, by the way. <laughs> it does. Yeah, I'm um, my number one is Jingle All the Way. Okay. Jingle All the Way was criminally underrated in this in so, this poll. I think it was that like came out what ninety four, like ninety four ish. Is that how old? Ninety six ish, maybe. Yeah. Ninety six. Maybe ninety six. Maybe ninety. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. I was a junior in high school. It didn't hit for me. So I. I that's also one I can go back and watch because I love Phil Hartman. Uh, I also. I don't care how this sounds. I love Sinbad. Sinbad is hilarious I love Sinbad. to me. So that you know, th- I, I'm gonna put that on the list as well. Sinbad should have won an Oscar for that role, man. Sinbad? <laughs> not not for the, house guest? 
as the disappointed son who becomes the disappointing father. Uh-huh. And that movie's too real, man. Like, it is. And, and it's one of those ones, as a kid, I'm like, oh, my dad's Arnold. And then you grow up and you're like, damn, my dad's Sinbad. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> well, because we, we always think, we all think our dads are Arnold when we were kids. Yeah. And, and then just like, man, like so many lines in that movie are so timely too. Like, I don't know how, how well you remember it, but like, he, he's a mailman. And at one point, like, the cops are chasing them down, and they're in this building, and he's pretending he has a bomb in the package. And, like, all the cops back off because, like, they're like, mm-hmm. oh, he's got a bomb. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, we've been duped. And so like, the cop gets cocky, he's shaking it, he rips it. Of course, the bomb blows up. And, and Sinbad's, like, way gone at this point. He stops running because he hears the bomb. He's like, this is a sick world we're living in. Sick. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I mean, it just kills me, man, every time. Like, I I don't know, man. It's it's still so timely. Like, I don't know. It's aged incredibly well. Uh, but, yeah, that's definitely, if you couldn't tell, heartfelt, truly, no shenanigans, my number one. Watch it every single year. It's nice. probably the only movie I've watched every single year since I was, like, eight. Damn, okay. I'm not, not mad at that. I'll, like I said, I, I, I'll be checking that one out as well. Like, apparently, I'm just in a, I'm in a movie-watching mood where usually, you know, you're the movie guy and I'm the, you know, show guy. Yeah, man, I, I definitely, normally I think that's our mm-hmm. But yeah, I think that's going to wrap it for us. So if you haven't yet, please like, rate, subscribe, review, hit us up. We've got NBA starting in a couple weeks. Uh, hit some extra shows over the break. Start bringing on some guests. And uh, thanks again.